Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Well, it's on January the 24th, 2016, from Coolidge, Arizona. The land of the smart ones. Everybody else goes to the other 49 states. Pretty obvious if you look around. We're in Book of Acts. Chapter 2 is the hub of the Bible. Everything pivots around Acts chapter 2. between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Christian people are covenant conscious. We think about covenant because that's our only assurance is that we are in a covenant relationship with God and we want to make sure we're in the right covenant. That has to be an individual responsibility, but that's the message of the New Testament. We have Peter and John. They've done a, performed a, a tremendous miracle of healing on a man who was down from birth over 40 years. There were many witnesses. You would think that everybody would be happy. But there were some who were giving John and Peter, or Peter and John, trouble. Who were they? All right, Alex has it. The leaders, the religious leaders of Judaism were the ones giving Peter and John the trouble. Judah should have been the supporters, the leaders, because it was through Judah that the Messiah had come, and he came to them. But they, the leaders of Judaism, were the ones giving Peter and John the trouble, and they did not like what he did. And what he did was giving confirmation to their message, and that's what they didn't really like. They had a truth that was in opposition to where they had been thinking and, and leading them in a way at a place where they were not wanting to go because they had a preconceived idea in their mind of how things ought to be, where they ought to be going, where they wanted to be going with Judaism, and Peter and John were causing a problem with that. So the leaders were giving Peter and John a whole lot of trouble. They asked them, now you, you quit your teaching this, you stop it, Just, what do they call it? Uh, Just cease all of your activity. We don't want to hear any more about this Jesus thing. Even though you performed this miracle, we realize that 
that was done through the character of Jesus, and that God did it through him, you were the instruments there. But we know what the message, we know what that's hiding. That's hiding the message. We don't like that. We want to put a stop to it. So quit your message. And you remember what Peter and John said in verse 19, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, you judge. He's talking to them, the leaders. But for us, we cannot but speak. We must speak what we are full of. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. People talk nonsense, what's in their heart? Nonsense. Out of the, the abundance of the heart, what you have your heart filled with. If people have their heart filled with football, like Fred, what do they talk about? Football. Yeah, but that's not nonsense. <laughs> oh, no, no. That, oh, no, that, that's the crux of life. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, <laughs> I love to pick on you, Fred. You, you're, you're a tremendous example. Not how we ought to be. <laughs> you can take it, though, can't you? Oh, yeah, I used to be Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't seen any tears yet, and I kind of keep pushing till I get them. Okay. I don't know tomatoes. No tomatoes, hey. We'll have to, we got grapefruit, and they're getting ripe. Well, David, he's a Patriots fan, so they don't have to cry. They win every year. Oh. So there's no crying if you're from New England. Well, it's nice to choose a winning team and then be supporting of them. Um, But you only do that if you haven't got what it takes to, you know, be on one of the other teams where you might lose once in a while. Okay. So the who 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 now was giving these people trouble? All right, the the Jewish leaders were giving these guys problems, but how did the people think? Peter, that's right, the people, the masses. They were praising God, it says. That's right, they saw God in this thing, and they were giving God glory and praise. What a difference. That's what happens when you have something that you're pursuing that isn't really right, like these leaders. They thought they were, and that's the problem. They thought they had it together, and they didn't. Phariseeism, Sadduceeism, the two parties of the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, you know, they had the position that how they, what they added to the law was as binding to the people as anything could be. They were the conservatives of their time. They believed in the absolute authority of the law, but their interpretation of the law couldn't deviate from their how they viewed it through through the years of of uh, 
well, ever since Moses, their years of accumulating viewpoints on the law, and then as they came along, they they tweaked it enough to give them a little more authority as they went along, but they were the ones who forced everybody into strict adherence to their view of the law. And that's the problem of law. Law came through Moses. What came through Jesus Christ? Mercy and truth. Mercy and grace. Grace and truth, more specifically in John chapter 1. Grace and truth came through Jesus. The law brought death. That's why we don't go under the law. And that's why Jesus had to die under the law because he was under the law and therefore he had to what? He had to die because he took on not his sins but yours or the sins of Israel in particular. Okay. Well, we all know that. Isn't it funny how, how the strong arm of the nation, even then, it always has been the people. The people. Always the strong arm. Yep, in the final picture. And you know the people the people are not always good sheep. No. <laughs> yeah. That's the bottom line. Or power. Money or and or power. Yep. And you know that really that aspect of it really comes to light in our, you know, in our revelation study on Thursdays, when you see really what the beast, what the governments, what the yeah. what the sin-filled governments were about, yeah. was about control. Even though even the leaders were controlled, completely controlled, and, when you and under control. Beautiful view and, and nicely stated. If you if you see the boo the the beast of revelation, either the one from the sea or the one from the land, one being civil, the other being religious. If you get a, a good view of the beast as a, a a glob of nothing that gets everything it's got from the devil, and he uses then the beast of civil Rome against the church, and then he use, uses, the, the Satan uses the the land beast as a means of infiltrating religion. The false prophet talked about in Revelation is the land beast. You can see that Satan will create anything he wants to, anything that he feels the need for. And that's why he's standing on the seashore calling the beast into existence so that he's got a mechanism through which he can work to persecute the Christians. It's not a pretty scene. Not a pretty scene at all. What's our only defense that we ever put up against Christ? The only defense is the only thing Christ and truth. That's all, that's all that was ever put up in defense. Yep. And so that's what they're doing. And that's see that's what they're trying you you quit talking about this Jesus guy. 
What does it say in ver- the earlier verses here? Um, I guess I don't have it real handy. Um, but don't speak any more in what? In the name of? In verse 17? But so that it, spread, that, that it will not spread any further among the people. We don't care about your miracles. We care about them in that they give credence to what you're saying. But what we want, really, is not you stop doing good things to these people. We like, oh, we like that. Takes the responsibility off of us if, if you guys will do this for us. But quit talking about Jesus in his wholeness, in his truth. Pervert it some way, and then you'll be okay. But if you hold true to who he really is, then stop it. So that's why I say, say in verse 18, and when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all. In what? In the name of Jesus. And that's the, in his full, the word name is, the word for full disclosure, the whole background, the, everything that he represents, doesn't mean the name Joshua, which is the word from which Jesus comes from. Okay. Then we come down to verse 24. And when they heard that, they, by the way, the reason that Tanya's not here is she's staying with our dog who had heart failure Friday night. Little test. Yeah. The little gold dog? Yeah, she had to go to the hospital and she's home. Came home yesterday and uh, she isn't able to move much. But uh, she's, you know, she's on, um, she's sedated, you know, pretty heavily. So um, really not able to bring her. She wanted to come this morning. But she's not able to get anywhere, and it's just too much. So that's where Tanya is with the dogs. And she, she did ask somebody to do the communion. Oh, it's done? Thank you, whoever rose to the occasion. We had just said Friday morning we were out walking with Tess and, the, and Harry a little bit, and they were just saying, you know, Tess is so strong. She's just so well. And that night she has congestive heart failure. You never know, do you? Not even with, not even with a pet. On that subject, uh, I was sometimes I'm not sure of, but um, I was talking with an agency that handles cremations and took an interest because of what was expensive than funerals. So I wonder if, uh, I, I have funeral insurance from another company, but um, Oh, no, the Bible doesn't speak about it one way or the other. No. I don't I don't see. Does anybody have any opinions on that? Yeah. <laughs> well, the body goes back to dust either through fire or decay. Yeah. What's the difference? The end result is the same. Yeah, there's no difference in the end result, and 
And probably today, uh, cremation has a lot of things favorable to it with the population and everything that we have. Um, some people have some different positions on that. Which speaking, is, of, speaking of things being the same, wouldn't this passage in Acts, wouldn't this really be a problem for those who, who, who believe, teach, and say, and spread that as long as you're in a religion, doesn't matter which one, doesn't matter what you believe, it's that you believe, it's that, it's that, you're, it's that you love. If you read something like this, that, go, that flies directly in the face of that kind of I thinking. Think so. Because if, you're, if you was a young Jew walking into this scene with a lot of you know, respect uh, for the authorities there, but then there's these men and what they represent, and what do I do? He just, they just healed somebody. Yep. Ooh, wow, what am I doing? To the impressionable, isn't that where we have to be the most careful, David? It is. To be taken proper from a position. Well, you know, well, if you're sick, you know, if you're sick, Dave, if, you know, Tess is sick, you're not going to take her down to the Circle circle K and give her to the clerk. We are? No. Because he's that's say, where yes. we went wrong, Take him to a vet, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, you, that's right. So you want the physician, right? Yeah. You, yeah. I mean, you want the one that really knows? Yeah. Well, isn't that what we, hey, what we should want? Good thing to say there is that they, when we go in, they give you an estimate of what it's going to cost, which was, you know, significant. When we got done the next day, when they said we could come get her and pick her up, they said, you overpaid. Well, you get money back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of unusual, isn't it? We were actually, they had bid at almost double. So that was, uh, that was nice. I didn't, I just had to, had to throw that in. That was free. That's no... just because she's cute. Then. That's why. <laughs> and then if you go back to the Revelation, you'll notice that the, the signal for the false prophet, the land beast, was, was that his, all of the wonders and miracles and all of those things that he did. See, Peter and John, they did a real one. But it says in Revelation chapter 13 that the false, the false prophet does all of those things in order to deceive. It's the method of deception. Remember that? Let's read it. I think you're forgetting, those of you who are there Thursday night. You don't. Well, you know, maybe I didn't. Yeah. That's the first thing I'd come up with. <laughs> Is that somehow I must have glossed over that? Is it in 13 then? Chapter 13. Mm -hmm. We just got through with that. And uh, <clears throat> look at verse, uh, verse 11, chapter 13, verse 11. Uh, I'm going to read the first two or three verses quick because I don't want to get into a study of Revelation here in the book of Acts. Oh, that would be terrible. That, that's almost profane. But then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. That's the land beast, see. And he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon. And we've talked about the rest of the places in the book of Revelation. This is referred to as the false prophet. Verse 12, he exercises all the authority of the first beast, which was what? Silver Rome, the fourth beast of Daniel of the Roman Empire, 
you, you know, you can zero in on that. There's no issues left to discuss on that point. He exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence, and he makes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast. So here you've got the religious, the false prophet, getting everybody to adhere to the teaching of the first beast, which is civil Rome, whose fatal wound was healed, and that was Nero, and then Vespasian, Vespasian came in and was the healing of the empire. That's verse 12. Now verse 13. He performs, now notice this is what I was referring to. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down out of heaven to the earth in the presence of men. Was it God doing that? No. That's the power of the dragon. By the way, the, first, the same thing is said in Second Thessalonians to the church, that the evidence that you have that something is false is that there are signs and wonders. You know, that's, how you, that's one of the things you know, because truth now, once that truth has been confirmed, need not be confirmed again, and if somebody is attempting to confirm truth with something that has already been confirmed, there's something fishy. That's the message of Paul to the church of Thessaloniki. Now, notice verse 14. And he deceives those, uh, Nolan, this is where, we, where, where I was talking about, and he deceives those who dwell on the earth because of what? The sign which it was given him to perform in the presence of the beast. Telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image of the beast who had the wound of the sword and has come to life. And it was given to him to give breath to the image of the beast so that the, he can even provide life. So that the image of the beast would even speak and cause as many as do not worship the image of the beast to be killed. I mean, this false prophet has awesome power. Awesome power. And the effect, the effect of that is the same today. False teaching accompanied with the wonders are deceitful. And people, by what Fred has said earlier, are sucked into that. We have to be careful why it is that we believe something. Is it popular? Does it meet our fancy? Is it just as exciting? What's our reason for believing something that we've learned? Folks, if it isn't just pure truth, we've got to come to grips with our motive. Case satisfied in Revelation. Back to Acts. <clears throat> so in verse 24... <clears throat> And when they, when they heard, when, when the people that Peter and John went back to to give a report, probably including the other apostles, they reported in verse 23 all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And that included 
don't you do any more teaching? Then, in verse 24, and when they had heard that, they lifted up their voice to God, and they said, God, we're whipped, we're defeated, we give up, we've got our tail between our legs, we're going to roll over and die. That's my version. Does it agree with yours? No, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. Now, that's a miracle. They all had the same sentiment toward what was going on. Now, this time, the sentiment is the result of what they were hearing from Peter and John, who did not hear what had happened to Peter and John, but as they reported, which means that we can share in that sentiment as well as they can, because we've got the same message. That's why it's recorded. That's why Dr. Luke is giving it to us, so that we can have the same response as they had as they reported it to their fellow people. So when they heard this, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord, in agreement, and said, Lord, now we have what some would call a prayer. We're going to talk about that in a minute if we have time. It doesn't call it a prayer here because it doesn't meet the requirements of a prayer. But what is it? It's an address to God, and it's called prayer in verse 31, but it's not the same word as we usually use. And we're going to show you that in just a moment. And we need to get that straight because we use prayer in the wrong way. Now, we need to get it straight. Huh? Would it be eulogy then in that, in that case? It could be just a eulogy. And what they call in verse 31, they use the word for request, and it's translated prayer. And we get those two confused. A request is not the same as what we normally think of as prayer. Prayer in its pure sense is what? It is telling God what he can expect out of you. And it's not prayer until you do that. And you can pray from now until the sky clouds over with cataracts. That your thumbnail gets healed. But that thumbnail won't get healed until it's time for that thumbnail to get healed. God is not micromanaged by your whims. Boy, people have a problem with that. Our whole thinking, Thursday night we talked about that. We talked about it from Malachi chapter 3, that we are so caught up today in that God is doing this for me and God is doing that for somebody else and God's not doing it for anybody. That's what not, that's, God is not in the business of that. He does not micromanage your life. He has no purpose for you outside of the purpose that he's designed for the church. And when you become a part of it, you are a partaker of that purpose. Well, first of all, um, the part that I find out just in the Bible here, it says that so God is concerned for the welfare of even Pharaoh. Oh, yeah. Oh, so much so that he lets him die. It says... 
Well, he cares for the sparrow. He not one falls and dies without God being aware of it. Why doesn't he stop it? Because he doesn't. God never intervenes with the natural course of life. See, every sparrow, if it, gets, if it screws up this life, what's going to happen to it? It's going to die. God's not going to stop it. And I use that story about the sparrow, meaning that uh, to, to illustrate that God, we are not subjective. I mean, God's action with us is not based on our need. That's what the church is for, is to meet one another's needs. Prayer won't do that. That doesn't mean we ought not talk to God about those things, but don't, God, don't expect God to unilaterally, and it never has, not since the new covenant. People get their covenants screwed up. People die who are Christians. You ever see a Christian not die? And when they die, sometimes they hurt. Dying. There's nothing you can do about that. You can pray until you're not just blue in the face, but you can turn to your breathing and smoke out your ears. It's not going to change the fact. We keep trying to replace what God has provided with some unilateral action. Folks, that's what paganism does. And we need to get out of it. I've got an extra grind on this. But you can't prove it otherwise. A lot of people have left the church and the body because of for that very reason, because what they were promised was not delivered. You cannot deliver promises. Are you on God's behalf? Yeah. What a terrible thing. Right. We get to, we build expectations with people that are simply false and wrong. And it's because we don't have an understanding of what the scriptures say. And like this word, this meaning of prayer, you know, it, it, when you realize that the word prayer prosukei comes from making a vow toward God, it means to tell God what he can expect out of you. Then that's prayer. Now, the word that's translated prayer in verse 31 of our text is a whole different word, not used often. And it's the word that means request. Now, you can make a request of God anytime you want to. But remember that in providence, God's providential activity with mankind today or with the church today is by faith. We cannot know whether that is something God did or whether we just hope that it was something God did because that will make us feel good. See, we, we just, we'll do anything we can to get to thinking that, well, God's doing this for me, God's doing that for me, God's doing that for me. God, oh, God, oh, God's doing this for me. I think I've told you this story before, but I had a real dear friend who's still alive, a preacher friend who was always praying to God for a car. Now, I always thought that if you wanted a car, what did you have to do? You had to gather up the money, and you go buy it. You, you know, you pay for it. 
Don't you? Don't most people have to buy a car? And then you have to choose whether you can buy it all at once, which you ought to do, or whether you're going to, you know, borrow money from one source and, and pay them back in increments. People do that too. That's their business, not mine. But that's dumb. Why would you borrow money for potential junk? I'm not very nice about this money business, guys. People will borrow money and go in debt for anything that will turn to junk, but the thing that is permanent, which is the kingdom of God, well, you know, God's got all the money that he needs, but it's all in your pocket. (laughs) Until you take it out of your pocket, nothing can get done. All right. But that isn't... Where were we? Verse 31, and and so when they had prayed, this word prayer uh, is uh, a, a word, and if you look it up uh, in the Greek, I'll show you here uh, quickly. Um, yeah, see, this is this is not prosuke. And you and you see, even this word, Look at how they've defined it that isn't built into our understanding of this word. It's translated beseech or to make a request. But it's in, uh, it's in, 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 in itself, it means to bind oneself, that is to make a petition. Even this word. Are you getting grabs? This is... This is the compromise to prosuke word. This word still has in mind that you have a responsibility in this thing and don't be praying for something over which you have no responsibility. Don't make a request of God that imposes nothing upon you. It's in the middle void. It means something you have to do for yourself. And you acknowledge it. We could have prayed for testing. And I did. She was suffering. I I said, I, I did. This is literally about what I said. I said, Lord... If it's time for, you know, if, if she's going to die, can she just die? You know, don't know what, God doesn't have a plan for a dog. He doesn't got a plan for you. He doesn't know when you're going to die. God doesn't set your death any more than he sets your birth. Birth is a natural consequence of a law that he made. Don't change it and say God's going to design you in this way and that way. David said that. Because he was a divine instrument of God to carry out a specific person before he was born and to become a type of Jesus Christ. Don't put yourself in that category. That's a total arrogance. Don't go there. You're responsible for you and what you are, 
and God isn't going to determine when you die. But there are natural laws, and those natural laws, you're in those. You can't alter them. If it's time for you to die, it isn't because God God says, well, his time's up. His time isn't up by God's standards. It may be time up and or time out <laughs> according to natural law. Your body just gives out. Folks, that isn't God doing that. That's the natural order. He created that order. We give God glory for the order that he has established. We fit ourselves into that order. See the difference? It's a step on the ladder coming down. It doesn't matter whether you're the best guy in the world or the worst guy in the world. Same things can happen. Yeah, you're going to cause a seismic reaction when you hit the ground. (laughs) And can you reverse that? No, God could. But he won't. You're going to get hurt. I was on the roof with my dad one time. I was a little guy. I'm talking about over 70 years ago. And he was putting tar on the roof. And he slipped. And there's nothing more lubricant than wet roof tar. I mean, you talk about greasing the skid. (laughs) He went down and he had the five-gallon Jeep can of tar with him and he held on to it all the way to the ground. But he was he held the record for the highest parachute jump when he was in the army at age fifteen. He had to lie to get in. <laughs> but he was but he knew how to land and he landed on his side and and uh, you know, but why didn't he get hurt? He knew how to fall. I wouldn't know. You know, I saw my dad go down, and you know what I wanted to do? I figured he'd be hurt. I wanted to get hurt, too. Dad was hurt. I want to be hurt. And something said, no, 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 don't you do that. That that would be dumb. There's not going to be any guardian angel that come and pick you up and snatch you up. Probably would have killed me. But the natural law, see, folks, we keep asking God to violate the natural law. Why? Why? That's, that's natural law is what gives order to our universe. And that's what we ought to be giving God praise for. That's why what Peter and John did was so unique to these people. It was a violation of natural order. But they had divine power to do that for a divine purpose and it had nothing to do with the healing of the lame man. It had to do with the establishing of an opportunity of preaching the gospel. Because what happened to that lame man? Have you seen him lately? He died. Everybody that Jesus healed got sick and died. There's not an exception. Everyone that Jesus raised from the dead got sick and died. 
Where's Lazarus? Have you seen Lazarus around recently? No. No, no. He died. He died too. So it wasn't permanent. I think we discussed that in the article on miracles, if I remember right. Okay. Boy. So notice we're in verse 24, and I know I know we hit on some of this last week, but this is a little different. This is a little, a little different application to what we were talking about last week. You know, this is more of the personal side of the thing. And when they heard this, they lifted up their voice to God and with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God. Who else called God Lord? That's significant. Christ. Oh, that's good. See, Christ had a Lord as well. And he called God Lord. There's a couple of different words that are translated Lord. I think this one um, is kurios. No, it isn't. This is the word uh, master. So in this case, it's master. Okay. Thou art God. So first of all, there was acknowledgement. Now all they're doing is saying something to God. We don't relegate this at this point as a prayer. It's just something that they are saying to God. Not everything that you say to God is a prayer because prayer in the prosuke form means to tell God what it is he can expect out of you. And the other word that we learned today in verse 31 is, is a, um, a word requesting something for which you are taking a responsibility for. People would buy that's a tough one. But we'll come back to that when we get to verse 31. Lord, thou art God, and here's what you've done. You've made order. You've made what? Heaven, and you've made earth. Most of our theologians can't even say this, go this far. Because what they are doing, first of all, is acknowledging who he is. Secondly, they're acknowledging what he has done. And they start this talk with God about, with him, what it is he has done. And this is going to leave most of us behind because we don't believe this. Do our politicians today believe this? No, they believe in evolution. They believe that everything that exists came from nothing. That nothing plus time plus chance has produced everything that exists. And people believe that? They do believe that. The Christian and otherwise, on the other side, the New Testament believing Christian believes that everything started with design, with a mind, with intelligence. That heaven and earth are the result of 
intelligent planning and execution of action. And that when everything began, from that point on, everything is winding down. And is it? Sure. That's what Einstein called the second law of thermodynamics. Everything is experiencing entropy. What does the word entropy mean? Decay. All systems of the universe are in the process of decay. Now the sun, I forget some of the specifics, so I'm going to speak in generalities, but at this point. So the sun is burning up energy if you were to transfer that to earth sizes is burning up four earth sizes every 24 hours. It's Hey, what does that mean? You fast track that in your mind and just before just before it burns out what happens to most things just before they go out they blow up meteors you know it takes um it takes 7 years for a a meteor to make an orbit. Most of them that we know. And each time that they make an orbit, they lose one two hundredth of their mass. So if there are meteors to meteor meteorites today, meteor me, meteors today, how how young must they be, or they'd already been gone? They couldn't be over 14,000 years because they'd all been burned out. They'd be gone. Uh, this is going into another topic. I like that. But if they're all done for, uh, then what do we hope for? Oh, well, our hope is belonging to that which isn't done for, and that's the church. The church is eternal. The universe is temporary. Good point. Good question. Very, very applicable here. Say that again. Hope is what? Our, our hope is in that which is not decaying, not experiencing entropy. Our hope is that in that which is eternal. And the only thing that God has made that is forever is the church, his kingdom. So if we are a part of that, we will not... You know, the world is not intended to be here forever. It was here to do what? What is the purpose of the creation was to establish a place where God could find a way of judging the devil for the sin that took place in heaven. And that place was the kingdom, and it took God 4,000 years of history, beginning, beginning with Genesis, to accomplish that so that it would have historical documentation that this is something God has done. And that's what we're studying in Acts. Acts is the opening up our view to what it is that will outlast the heaven and the earth, which are 
blowing up quickly, not because of the politics. They can facilitate it, but that's not it. Heaven and earth have not been here that long, according to the... You know, let me give you one illustration. Then, then we, we gotta we gotta quit. So this is a candle. Does it look like a candle to you? <laughs> no. Can you imagine that it's a candle and it's burning? Can you imagine that this is six inches high? Well, what can I don't know what to do. I I got a guy here that can't believe. <laughs> but let's let's have a we've got a candle. We got a candle. This thing's burning. Listen carefully. You with me, Alex? Well, you've heard me do this before. So this is a six-inch candle. I only use six inches because that's the number I can deal with. Um, and it's burning at the rate of one inch per hour. It's burning down at the rate of one inch per hour. No, no, that's two thousand. <laughs> no, so my question is, with just that bit of information, how long has that candle been burning? See the difference? Yeah. See, that candle is now six inches. It is burning now at the rate of one inch per hour. How long has the candle been burning? I have no idea. Is there any way? No. Didn't you let it, it, I said it in the present tense. It's been burning. It's been burning. For, it's, it's burning at the rate of one inch per hour. We don't know. Well, we don't know. There's no way of knowing. What? You don't have enough information. That's right. So the same thing is true with all types of dating processes, whether you're talking about organic or inorganic dating processes. You know, if you're talking about the decay process um, um, between uranium and lead, and the byproduct is helium, um, you go out and you can measure the helium. We can measure what there is now and what the rate of decay is, but do we know how much there was to begin with, how much radioactive material? We haven't got a clue. Same with organic materials such as bones and where you're, you're dealing with uh, molecular issues. Um, you have no idea. You can go out and measure a bone and you can, you can detect what... Um, how much radioactivity there is there, that's all how all dating is based on radioactivity and the half-life system. You can measure that, and you can measure what the decay rate now is, but you have no idea whether the decay rate has been constant or how much of that material there was, radioactivity there was, to begin with. You have no clue. So anybody that dates anything is screwy. I don't care how scientific they are. I remember in scientific in science classes we'd go out and we'd try to measure things. But again, there is no instrument made by man that can detect 
the measurement of anything beyond 5,000 years. That be done. And they'll say 65 million years. And they say 65 million years, and that's impossible. Because you go back to the sun, and if it's shrinking at that rate, they're burning up that kind of energy every 24 hours, what was it yeah. 20,000 years ago? It's bigger than the universe. It doesn't make sense. Folks, there's no brains in modern science that's not based on science. It's based on theory. And the theories have to collapse. Did you have your hand up? I thought I mentioned around the Earth's diameter of 7,920 miles, and the sun's was 
Okay, I quit. I'm done. Hey, we got to close. Folks, it's almost time for me to panic. <laughs> Let's close with prayer. Father, we thank you for these moments of discussion today. And our intent is to bring honor to you as the creator of both life and your word. And where our trust is in it. In Christ we pray. Amen. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.